0: The presidential motorcade was just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out Destroying the media lives and dismantling the narratives One story at a time, it's the Adrian Slate Show
1: so on the heels of the Uvalde school shooting massacre, which took the lives of several, several children, um, the gun legislation and the gun control issue has been wildly bandied about again, because these people have been looking for opportunities through Columbine, through Sandy hook, Gabby Gifford through, uh, you know, the shooting and, uh, uh, the church, you know, um, South, I think it was South Carolina, uh, Parkland, and now Uvalde. They're looking for that opportunity to take it and exploit it for their gains because they've been wanting to disarm Americans for quite some time. And so they've got this red flag law idea. Now, this is funny because they're trying to say that it doesn't violate due process. They're trying to say that, oh, yeah, your Fifth Amendment rights aren't going to be eliminated in temporarily eliminating your second amendment rights, because this is how they say that these red flag laws work. This is actually a meme that they put together. Listen to this. This is Jane Jane's social media contact. Randy posts photos of guns and cryptic messages. Jane calls the police to report the post, the police petition in court to temporarily remove Randy's guns. The police provide evidence that Randy is a danger to himself and others the court agrees to temporarily remove Randy's weapons. Still, you don't get your day in court. You get a day in court for somebody to obtain a warrant. And that oddly sounds very similar to what they do with the FISA court. Doesn't it? I mean, Donald Trump running for office, and it wasn't even him. Ben Carson's campaign, Ted Cruz's campaign, Marco Rubio's campaign, probably every Republican their campaign was spied on like a uh, digital watergate except for this time they used the actual legal apparatus of the united states and <laughs> in it's intelligence and uh, in, in intelligence divisions it's it's justice departments it's courts to spy on their own citizens you know we were told oh the patriot act don't worry about it you know they they only unmask the foreign individuals they don't unmask the domestic Citizens that are on calls with These foreign individuals oh really Boy they did some unmasking (laughs) They Unmasked everybody And they did so multiple times some people Like I think Susan Powers was unmasking People all day she doesn't have the Ability to even do that But they did it anyways So they go in and they go hey um, We're going to say that Trump was compromised By Russians and then we'll go To this a court, we'll get a warrant, and that will allow us to listen in on conversations. And then we'll do the two-hop rule, so we'll look at the conversation between the two people, and then the conversation that led to the conversation with the two people. From that, and just make your way around the campaign, make your way inside the uh, the campaign team. All domestic citizens, all without any founding of. Compromised by Russian individuals In fact, we found out that Hillary Clinton Did all the oppo research that they used To pretend to say that it was uh, Russian dossiers and uh, information they, they laundered it through news organizations To make it look like it was legitimate reporting Red flag laws are going to just, you know Not ever be abused like the FISA court I don't buy that and here's the thing, you can't tell me you're going to disarm me. You're not going to disarm individuals who haven't done anything wrong. Who's going to report the the social media post? You know what it what is it uh you're ultra maga and you love America and you don't like Joe Biden, you call him Brandon. All of a sudden you're going to get marked? No, that's not how this works. You're not going to mark us and and Go after individuals like you did out there at school boards, putting them on a list, having the FBI look into them. Just because they were mad that you didn't cram transgenderism and uh, CRT down our kids' throats in their school. See, we have to worry about who is going to be exploiting the system. You have to think of that every time these kind of instances come in. Because they can be corrupted for a political end. And there seems to always be a corruption for a political end against one particular side. Conservatives. MAGA people. I mean, they're still rotting in a jail in D.C. For walking into the Capitol, being waved in by Capitol Police. They're still in the gulags. A year in. No due process. No speedy trial. Courts just shut down any petition to get them released. But they're releasing criminals all day in L.A., Chicago. Attorney generals that are put into office with the support of George Soros, looking the other way on crimes, letting individuals go. And then you want us to disarm? So they finally got a proposal together. And Beth Bowman, she is with, uh, she's with Image. Uh, formerly with Daily Wire, she kind of went through the bill and said, currently reading through the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, a.k.a. the Senate gun control bill, I'll uh, the thread finds things that are kind of interesting. Pages 1 through 11 are all about telehealth access and Medicare services. Um, this bill would expand Medicaid. Um, they finally get to firearms on page 25. It's an 80-page bill the bill would search juvenile records starting at age 16 for disqualifying behavior. So it appears that it's adding language to other bills that the waiting periods for those under 21, which were three business days are also going to include an additional extension of 10 business days. Should conditions come back that support doing that background checks would change. For those under 21, part of their background check will include contacting the state for juvenile records, state custodian of mental records to see if they've been mentally adjudicated and their local law enforcement agency for disqualifying records. Agencies have to let the federal firearms uh, or the FFL uh, know by business day three if they need to extend the full 10 business days to investigate the purchaser. This part makes me laugh a little bit. They want each state and agency to remove outdated information. We can't even get all states to submit to all of the convictions to NICS. They're redefining an FFL as well, and the language is crazy. You liquidate your personal assets, so you need an FFL? (laughs) Apparently so. And here we have the red flag language. It is important to note that this allows you to have an attorney to defend your 2A rights, but you don't get a public defender. It's out of your own pocket. They're doing a lot of rebranding of red flag laws. Instead of calling them extreme ri- instead of calling them extreme risk protection orders, they're now referring to them as intervention programs, which is a PR move obviously. Yeah, there's a lot of PR in this. Straw purchases. Currently, if you purchase a gun for a prohibited uh, possessor, you can face a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine, five years in prison or both. The change would be up to 15 years in prison if the firearm is used for a crime of terrorism. The person can face up to 25 years in prison. The bill also adds this straw purchase penalty to racketeering and money laundering charges. The sentencing commission may take people's backgrounds into consideration when deciding their penalties for straw purchases. Huh. See, here's the problem with the red flag laws. Say maybe you are a pilot, you know? Uh, Maybe you're on United and you're like, hey, thank you for flying the friendly skies. Sit back and we'll be at our destination very shortly. Let's go, Brandon. And next thing you know... Somebody calls in and says, oh, I think, I think there's a issue with this guy. We need to suspend his due process rights. We need to suspend his second amendment rights. And the next thing you know, you go to purchase a gun, you know, maybe you want to add to your collection, maybe, you know, maybe you are kind of concerned about the way things are going right now, you know? Maybe uh, you're like, hey, I don't want them to take away my constitutional rights to protection and self-defense because the police in Uvalde didn't do anything for 45 minutes when we learned that they could have done it in about three minutes. But no, all the people that wrote this garbage are the same morons in the GOP that have helped advance the stopping your constitutional rights on the word and whim of a rando informant without trial is... <laughs> is due process bill. That's what they're, they're basically trying to sh- sh- sell you something that is 180 degrees away from due process and call it due process. And maybe on the other side of the break, I need to give some more examples as to why you should never disarm. I mean, the, like the Uvalde incident alone. I mean, this is what they're predicating this whole thing on the back of, but think about what they did. Police arrive. We found out they arrived heavily armed, more of them. You had federal marshals on the scene. The cop who got there first didn't even have his freaking radio. He called in and said, ah, everything's good. You know, he's barricading the building. We can get to him eventually. Now we're seeing that it was a very fluid situation. They uh, detained and pepper sprayed one uh, mom. Another mom broke free and got in and got her kids out. And listen to this. This is actually from KSAT 12 News. Eva Muraliz called her husband and said she had been shot and was dying. And when her, her husband tried to save her, he was detained. His gun was taken away and he was escorted from the school. This is, this is the husband of the slain teacher. And you want us to disarm On the other side of the break, I'm going to give you some examples of why you should probably never disarm and why your government is a little... hmm. If they disarm you, God only knows what they're going to do. Back in a moment.
2: This is Adrian Slade.
3: Stunning revelations bringing up new questions tonight surrounding the police response at the elementary school. Why didn't responding officers even check to see that the classroom door was unlocked? Could it have saved more lives? We get into that tonight with school safety expert Kenneth Trump.
2: We continue to hear more on doors, doors and doors. The exterior door, did that actually latch? Did it lock? Was it left in an open position? Did it just not close? A lot of questions there. Were there hardware failures? even more beyond that. The classroom door is certainly another concern, particularly as it comes to protocols for breaching those doors. First officer entry has been a best practice for more than two decades, planning, preparing and practicing ahead of time to enter these rooms or know when you have a hard time. And certainly if the door was not locked to the classroom, why did somebody not simply try to open that door uh, before they waited minutes and minutes that that obviously cost lives, or appeared to cost lives, uh, to go in.
3: When the testimony of the head of Texas State Police also called the emergency response an abject failure, which set law enforcement back a decade. Do you agree with him?
2: I'd go further and say it's actually a couple of decades. Best practices were set after the Columbine tragedy in 1999. That time, it was set up a perimeter. Wait for the SWAT team to come in. Thereafter, first officer entry, first person unseen. you go in to neutralize the shooter. Officers are trained that you walk over injured, deceased, because one goal and one goal only, to stop that shooter. And there are so many questions and so many indicators that that was not the practice here. Perhaps it was just the opposite. Very concerning. A lot of people shaking their heads. Good news is the vast majority of police officers around the country have been trained to the post-Columbine standard, and even they are asking questions.
3: Uh, In newly released images from surveillance cameras inside the school shown in that hearing today, you can actually see armed police officers taking cover in a hallway, not heading towards the threat. Officers were said to be waiting for more firepower more protective gear. Uh, Does the liability fall upon each officer, or do you believe the chief giving the orders is at fault?
2: A lot of questions about the incident commander. Many people so far have indicated that was the school police chief. He stated publicly he does not did not know that he was in charge. That's a big issue to come under question under the microscope. And there are going to be consequences. There will certainly be civil litigation on this. We like to give our police officers the respect and understanding of discretion. This one goes beyond that point where people would say have some leeway and let's see what the facts show. But the Texas chief coming out today saying very clearly for the second time that they dropped the ball. This is heart-wrenching for everyone, including police officers around the country. And I think the bigger concern beyond in addition to that, I should say, not just beyond that, is that is it, does it cast doubt with it, minds of parents across the country about the preparedness level of schools and now police? Fortunately, I think police are well prepared around the country. I don't think that we would see that response uh, that we're talking about today in most communities. Mm-hmm. We want to reassure parents that there are many schools and school poli- and police officers who work with schools that are prepared, but it still points to the need for training, 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 and staying updated with planning, preparing, and practicing.
3: Yeah, it obviously seems like there was some sort of communication disconnect there. You know, kids across America, uh, they practice those active shooter drills on a regular basis. Law enforcement agencies are expected to have the adequate training to be able to respond to these threats. Uh, what do you think happened here where did this all fall apart
2: well i think that we often hear it's a small department well the smaller the department the more you need to take that time to plan prepare and practice because you know you're not going to have a huge response can we have those first officers on scene with at least some type of protective equipment and some breaching equipment which we heard today actually occurred within minutes uh and are we preparing all of our officers for working across different agencies joint communications capabilities and there's some basic things that were revealed today floor plans that were not updated and accurate police radios that didn't work in the building these are things when we do assessments of schools across the country and meet with police officers or work in school it's hi how are you nice to meet you do your radios work in this building and if not we move to getting boosters repeaters additional capabilities are your floor plans current updated if not do that those are fundamental first questions after hello when we're doing these evaluations and they have been for the past two decades.
3: Unnecessary conversation, tough topic here. Ken Trump, thanks for your time tonight.
2: Thank you.
1: They didn't even have updated plans of the building. That's like one of the first things you do. You go in and make sure that you understand the layout of the building in the drills. That's, That's the whole point of the drills. They didn't have radio communications. I mean, obviously, the first officer showed up without a friggin', you know, a friggin' radio. But... Then they couldn't, I mean, it's just, there's so many failures, but this is just like Parkland. If you remember Scott Israel had the police stand down the neighboring County that was listening to the scanner traffic was like, uh, we're going in. And then they took it upon themselves to go in and take out the gunman. Something, something is afoot here. Oh, by the way, the, uh, the school resource, uh, officer police chief, yeah, he's a Biden donor. Uh, if you think taking the vaccination, which we learn now, uh, has some really amazing effects on sperm and and
0: the menstrual cycle in women, listen to this. Made, who's been in touch with fertility clinics, they've never seen anything like it. The sperm of inoculated men does not swim. The eggs of inoculated women do not grow into embryos. And those that do uh, have a a huge amount of contamination with stuff that's non-organic. What's going on here? We also know that Uh, according to the first New England Journal of Medicine study, saying that Pfizer was safe and effective. This was in June of 2021. If you look at the raw data, it proves that 80% of the women who get the shot in the first and second trimester, basically zero to 20 weeks, have an 80% miscarriage rate. Now, the miscarriage rate, just baseline, is one in six. It's now seven to eight times that much. Uh, Dr. James Thorpe points out that there's a 79% increase in fetal malformations. There are unprecedented numbers of stillbirths. But again, this stuff becomes so censored that the, the mainstream says, oh no, you know, that's a lie. You're making that up. We also just published my cycle story with many scientists including uh, dr hooker here where we had a database of over 6000 women that came forward because their voices were being silenced we had a group of about 20000 women on facebook who were talking about their experience with their menstrual cycle they'd never seen anything like it 90 year olds beginning bleeding again and we're not talking mild bleeding we're talking clotting. I had women calling me who had been passing clots for weeks and weeks. We have two there's cases of little girls, 18-month-old girls, who hemorrhaged and died.
1: Yeah, basically delays your sperm for like six months after the first shot. Could be longer. And they're forcing it into babies. They wanted OSHA to, to issue Vax mandates through your job so that you had to take this poison If you think that they didn't care about the lives of those in that school, then you haven't been paying attention for the last two, two and a half years. They don't care. And so I don't know if this was something that was issued through the federal end because there were federal marshals on the scene. So some sort of federal communication was happening. I I don't know. It's it's hard for me to not be a conspiracy theorist when I see these kind of things happen, when we live through what we just lived through for the past two years, two and a half years. Um, when we saw Parkland, some of these other shoot, school shootings just went away because of the ethnicity of the shooter, you know, But but the ones that seem to matter, the ones where... Police officers in the police department just shut down and froze, which we know now that the attorney generals are being put in by George Soros. Um, they made Emma Gonzalez and David Hogg heroes and made them famous, right? They, I mean, we didn't get any fame out of, out of Uvalde, but we got a lot of crazy, bizarre police responses. And yet it's the law-abiding guns, gun owners that are going to be targeted. It's going to be the person who did everything right by the book. They're going to be the ones to get targeted in this situation. And then it's going to be the John Cornyns and the Mitt Romneys and the Lindsey Graham's that are going to be behind red flag laws and usurping due process. It's it's just crazy. But I do want to leave you with a little bit of hope because I thought this was amazing, and this is, like I said, how we win. My good friend Shannon Joy is the one who uh, should be credited for saying, hey, we got to fight locally. Listen to this. Carrie Lake for Arizona governor. When I'm governor, Arizona will not recognize unconstitutional gun laws in our state. We just won't do it. What are the feds going to do? Fly down here and arrest the sitting governor? Call my bluff. That's how we do it. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. Tune in. You can also get it in the Roku channel in your streaming store. Donate to be on the show, anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support, or call to be on the show, 1 9 9.